You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's morning for me still. Um, don't know when you're listening, but it is morning here in Arizona, sunny. It's like um, 52 degrees outside. You know, the weather's pretty good this time of year for us. So um, Susan is out with clients uh, this morning, so she's not here. Our producer, Joel, is sick. So you guys are stuck with me and our guest. But our guest is great, so we should have a good time talking today. Um we have, let's see, in another week and a half, we'll have our second annual Chris Farrar softball uh, tournament, Police First Fire. Um, so we'll, that'll be held over at the Tempe Sports Complex. So if you're in the local area, please come out uh, and root on all the different police and fire teams that'll be uh, playing that day. Um, so let's get on with our guest. Our guest today is Tim Donnelly. Uh, he is a Marine, um, and he's a injured Marine from Afghanistan. Um, but he is also part of a band called The Resilient, and um, I've listened to some of their music, and it's it's a it's a different type of music. I mean, it's a rock music; it's good, but the lyrics uh, kind of I think. Um, Talk about maybe what they've gone through and 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 faced and healing and all that kind of stuff. So it is it's it's a little different, um, but it's very interesting. And um, so you can find them on on YouTube. They have their website, theresilientband.com, I believe it is. Um, and so go check them out. But here, uh, welcome Tim. Uh, how are you doing this morning? Thank you so much. I'm doing great and uh, appreciate you having me here. Sure. Now, did I get all that stuff right? Did I get the website right? <clears throat> that is correct. Yep. Okay. Uh, TheResilientBand.com. And um, as of right now, we have three singles out on Apple Music um, and uh, Spotify and just anywhere you can stream music. Right. It's there. Yeah, and, and I, I went um, right on your website, and and that's how I first yep. heard them. So, Yep, and uh, so you can find the links for everything through resilientband.com. You guys even and, sell uh, merchandise. We do. We have. <laughs> uh, we actually just expanded a bit um, into some winter wear, and so, uh, yeah, check it out. Um, and we have – the cool thing is we have some brand-new music that uh, – we just released um, a, uh, a special cover that we did of Hallelujah uh, by Leonard Cohen. And um, it's a, uh, a combination of Hallelujah and Sleepwalk by hmm. Santo and Johnny. I don't know if you um, are familiar with that one. It's an older tune um, with like a slide guitar. And it's okay. just, you know. Um, I'll have to check that one out it's you know it's a little different but uh it's a tune that i feel like a lot of people recognize but they're not sure from where 
um, <laughs> okay. kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been an exciting time this last little while, and uh, you know, starting off the new year. Well, glad, just glad to be able to be doing this with you because we've been having some crazy snow the last couple of days. Yeah, that's what you said when we were talking just before the snow or just before the show that you guys are. It's been coming down in buckets where you're at. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so, a couple of weeks ago it actually got a little bit of snow in northern Scottsdale here, but that's about it. <laughs> now now we're back up to our normal weather, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know. Yep, and my my younger brother, like I was saying, uh he's stationed out there with Air Force EOD um and uh lives in Surprise, Arizona. Yeah. And we were all my family, we were all sending pictures around. Um my youngest brother is West Virginia National Guard and you know, he and his wife were sending pictures from down there. And then my parents and my older brother here in Pennsylvania. And uh, then Greg out in Arizona, you know, like <laughs> everything is just covered in snow for us. And he sends his his uh, view and it's just sunny and bright. And he's <laughs> like, right. oh, it's warm. It's, you know, I might I might go for a run without my shirt on later. It's going to be great. That's right. Uh, you can always count on good weather in Arizona. That's for sure. So, Tim, uh, tell know, us a that's, little. That's part of the reason he's trying to get us out there. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, where you grew up, um, how you became a Marine. Uh, what was that driving factor? And kind of share your story a little bit with us. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so um, I grew up uh, – a little bit different uh i grew up i was born and raised uh in the middle east my parents uh both american citizens but uh they were doing missionary and humanitarian work uh in the middle east and um yeah so that's where i was born and raised and uh definitely a a bit of a different perspective <laughs> that's for but, sure um uh as i grew up um i uh knew some of the different marines who were stationed at the embassy at different times huh. there and uh became you know uh friends with a number of the guys and uh yeah it was just um the world over, you know, the Marine Corps is respected. Sure. And um, yeah, it was just, it was just, you know, these guys that I knew who were just exemplary and, you know, uh, you know, uh, just together and had yeah. all this experience and and they stood know, just, out right they weren't just the regular person yeah you know uh and um it just uh uh i i just had this kind of draw to you know i wanted to <laughs> be in the marine corps and um, you know, be part of stuff on the ground, but, um, 
I also recognized that growing up, I had, you know, a different background. Sure. And I had a, a um, you know, a, between, you know, growing up speaking Arabic and growing up with the culture, um, I had a, a skill set that um, <laughs> I wanted to put to use, yeah. uh, you know, to... Because so often in conflict, you have just misunderstandings. Sure, there's a big disconnect. And yeah, and I mean, culturally, linguistically, right. the whole nine, you have, you have such a separation. And what in the one culture is, it's not even thought of as a big deal or considered um in any way a problem and to the other culture it's an insult <laughs> or a you know it's it's an affront right. on their honor and having um having some of that that uh knowledge growing up i i was like i can be i could be a marine on the ground who's a point of understanding, right. a connective point yeah. <clears throat> between the Marines and the locals rather than having to go through, you know, your local interpreters mm -hmm. and you don't really know how they're translating what you're saying. <laughs> right. And in terms of context, and that's the thing, if they're local interpreters, mm -hmm. then they're coming with their cultural and language background to the conversation trying to express what you're saying and yeah. then back. And so for me, I was like, I can be a Marine there on the ground who understands the people, understands the culture, yeah. um, understands the language. And that's a huge benefit for, for the Marine Corps. And, um, I I only made it 30 days in country. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh but uh you know it, that's the thing, you know, like all you can do is um do your best. Right. Be be where where you know you're supposed to be. Right. You know, that place that feels right. Yeah. And I knew I was where I was supposed to be. And, um, and so, you know, on the, uh, you know, on the tail end of it, it just, it takes a lot of, um, a lot of those questions out, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, I, I was doing the right thing. Right. I was doing, you know, like I was you know, even, and that's the thing, like people don't look at Marines as necessarily peacemakers. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. Um, I, I would agree that's with not that. a correlation that's um, <laughs> commonly made. Yeah. There's a but different, that was, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that was, that was my, my, my goal, um, my want, what, what I 
what I hoped for yeah. out of it was to, you know, try and yeah, be a connective point between the Marines and the locals that you're trying to help, you know, versus like, then you have the Taliban and right. the insurgents and, um, yeah, being able to make those distinctions, being able to, you know, show some love and, uh, uh, have some trust on right. both sides. Now, during those 30 days that you were in country, did you get that opportunity to, to do anything like that? Some, I mean, a little. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, you were there a short amount of time, so. Yeah. And uh, so looking at it, it seems so fractional to you, you know, what you want to do and, and, you know, like what you see everybody else go through right. when you're taken out of the game that early. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I, you know, yeah. In the, in the time you've got, you, you do the most you can. Exactly. That's, like, I I have that wish, you know, of like, oh, I wish, you know, I could have been there longer. I wish I could have like helped more. I wish I could right. have done more. Um, uh, I've been around for like more of the stuff like my boys went through. Sure. After I was injured, because I mean, I, out of my company, I was the first one uh, who was. Yeah, seriously injured like mm. that, and um, and and this ha all happened in 2012. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, we deployed early January, and um, then I was injured in uh, early February in 2012, and, and that was uh, Helmand Province, Afghanistan. Okay. All right. In and the Kajaki district. Well. I wasn't injured there. That's that's where we were based out of out of uh, Fob Alcatraz. Okay. And so then, how yeah. how were you um, injured? Can you tell us that, how that happened? Um. Yeah. So I. Uh, short story. I was um, injured by a remote detonated IED that was placed in the uh, base of a wall and um, with so this was outside it was uh, an exterior wall mm -hmm. and um, uh, the villages and the, the houses and stuff it's you know just layers and layers of this like clay right. mud it's just packed on there and uh yeah so they they had something buried in the base of the wall and uh luckily that focused the blast uh stay right low just on to me oh, basically okay. yeah. and it, it, it kept it funneled you know because okay. they had to dig out a thin wall to put it in and then they covered it back up and packed it back in uh, with just, you know, an antenna out and, uh, uh, yeah. So it 
kept the blast directed, you know, kind of just one way towards right. me. And so, uh, nobody else, nobody else was injured. Nobody else caught any frag and, uh, yeah, it was just me. And, um, it, uh, took a little while because we were out there a bit and, uh, it was not a friendly area, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, pararescue, air force pararescue, um, team Pedro shout out to team Pedro. <laughs> they, uh, they're the ones who came and picked me up and, um, I still have their coin. That's cool. But, uh, how, how long, yeah, they, how long were you out there waiting for help to come get you from the time, you know, do you have an idea from the, from the time you were injured till pararescue actually came and got it's you? It's hard to, it's hard to judge, um, in the moment, you know, yeah. it both felt like <laughs> kind of quick, but also forever. Yeah. Uh, but, um, from the report, uh, I think it was about 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's, it's a long time. And, uh, um, my, my boys were, uh, just the best, you know, they, uh, kept me awake and just kept you, you know, alive. Yeah, they they <laughs> scoured the area. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they're the reason I'm here. <laughs> so you get blown up. Um, what's the extent or what was the initial extent of your injuries? Um, so my left leg was completely missing, uh, about the knee, Okay. a little It looking at it, it was, you know, it's one of those, it's hard to tell, uh, cause it's, you know, everything's just so torn. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and, uh, then my right leg, I s still had more than my left leg, but was, you know, both of them were pretty mangled. Right. And, uh, so basically we were coming down and around this corner and, uh, uh, there's this guy watching us from over this wall. And I thought he, I thought he had like a grenade or something like that. Um, but uh, turns out it was, you know, a trigger. Sure. And so then, uh, he set that sucker off and yeah, it was just like uh, getting slapped by the hand of God. <laughs> like uh, it was. Just, that, uh, you know, that's one way to describe it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just, just you know, all of a sudden, sure, uh, almost dreaming, trying of, to figure out what happened. Just an right? odd, yeah, I bet, and sort of a floating hmm. sensation and um then all of a sudden like jarring back to reality reality <laughs> and, yeah and just uh you know can't see anything because dirt 
yeah you know just the 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 dust and the dirt sure. everywhere just in your eyes and in your in your mouth and uh just feeling kind of hot yeah all over more than that different than that but that's <laughs> like the <laughs> just kind of a it's like oh everything is really really hot all of a sudden and um uh my my right arm you know uh, i could move my left hand and the but the back of it was all crispy and my glove was kind of burnt you know like mm-hmm. sort of burnt on there a bit um just sort of but i was just you know scraping at my eyes and kept trying to move my right arm and for some reason it wouldn't move and uh then i was like looking over that direction it's just kind of hanging out there and i could see it was bleeding yeah but uh you know i could see my, like part of my hand still sticking out there so it was like oh okay that's still that's still <laughs> it's still right. intact it's right still there. <laughs> yeah um at least it's not gone yeah i don't know why it's right. not moving but um yeah. But it was because it was, you yeah. know, uh, so tore off most of my forearm and uh, just left it with little little chunk of uh, tore out the ulna, the whole bone, uh, tore out uh, a bunch of it, not not the whole thing, um, and uh, then just all a bunch of the muscle and right. the nerves, and uh, luckily. Turns out I am built a little different than normal people and um, my arteries and my arms are placed differently. Hmm. And um, that's probably the only reason I didn't completely bleed out and die Uh, because my artery separates higher in my arm than for most people and so it didn't tear out the whole thing. Wow, that's amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, my you know my boys got to me and making stupid jokes. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You know, give, giving me a good old sternum rub every once in a while, and I started dozing <laughs> off. And um, yeah, yeah, they they kept me around, and um, then the PJs showed up, Parascue. Yeah. So where yeah. were you first taken to? Part of my brain wants to say Bagram. But you're taking but, um, someplace fairly close to get stable, right? Yes. And so it was like a tent hospital, basically. Okay. Yeah. You know? Um, and uh, shout out to Captain Christina Cooper. Uh, she was my nurse uh, there that first night. And <clears throat> I think over that first night she uh she you know got so many um uh blood transfusions mm-hmm. for me that uh, it replaced my uh entire body's blood supply <laughs> wow I think seven times seven times seven or something time? like that jeez um and uh yeah, I mean, kudos to her. Like she just um, stuck with you, huh? Stuck it out, yeah, and and made sure I hung around. And um, 
the funny thing is, so Nathan Calwicky, uh, our our guitarist and one of the writers from the Resilient, she actually took care of him wow. his first night as well, <laughs> and uh, made sure he was you know stable and taken care of and. Uh, yeah, so that was one of those um, crazy connection, odd, right? Yeah. Connective threads that right. you just so got to. I actually, she got stationed at Walter Reed uh, after I was there for a little while. And so got to meet her and become friends with her. And uh, she and her husband came to uh, one of our shows just over this past summer. Oh, that's cool. Um, here here in pennsylvania and just the best people yeah um but so did you bring her up on stage yeah, they they you know <laughs> actually I, I didn't um but uh uh we we grabbed lunch and stuff afterwards yeah. and uh it was uh we were doing a show for a, a non-profit uh -huh. and um operation ward 57 okay and um yeah, it was one of those. So basically they have like a 5k going on and then like a car show and like a bunch of different stuff. And, uh, yeah. So it's like, we, we've had this great relationship with them for, um, a number of years. Uh, but, uh, for that show, we were, we did the show had lunch with uh, Captain Cooper and her husband, and then immediately, like right afterwards, we left because uh, we were going to the studio. And uh, um, so we spent three, four days in the studio recording right, at, right, right after that. <laughs> and um, uh, stages, uh, stages, studios over in. Uh, they're just outside Baltimore and um, just uh, awesome, awesome spot. But uh, we got um, seven new songs done in three and a half days. Wow. That's good. Basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, you know, just a, uh, we haven't, we haven't had those kind of opportunities and those kind of like times in yeah. the studio. Uh, as a band so it was just it really was great so how long so you finally you eventually get to walter reed how long were you there at walter reed uh so two years nine months wow and that's all from the surgeries rehabilitation all that stuff right yeah and so uh yeah basically they're trying to get you stable um prosthetics and also transition you out of the military out of sure yeah you know because uh, walter reed handles the different branches mm -hmm. and stuff since they combined so um from your physical therapy to occupational therapy surgeries uh anything you need in terms of prosthetics follow-up um uh, and then uh vocational rehab and mm -hmm some of that kind of stuff. Right. Um, it, it's not it a is, quick process. <laughs> yeah. It's, 
it's quite a tedious task yeah. and um yeah uh it's that's the thing you know i mean you're talking about some of the most injured people right. surviving yeah. in the history of the world and um uh i mean even for me you know it's almost 12 years now yeah and uh yeah this february it'll be it'll be 12 and um uh i still have you know i gotta go in and probably have a couple surgeries to between like i've got uh i've got uh titanium in my arm and uh scar revisions and you know if you tear something tear a muscle in your leg or you know just like it, there's it's so much unknown and right. so much um just a uh, uh, odd stress on the body that um yeah you're basically you know you're you're going back in for an oil change and a checkup every <laughs> every once in a while it's like a never-ending process right well and uh we are the more obvious version of what we all are really yeah. in that you know we all need that support you know we all need that tune up that you know um correction to our you know health and livelihoods and sure. you know mental and physical just for us like a lot of that got stressed because we we were so physically injured yeah. and um so we get a lot of the attention and a <laughs> lot of the um a lot of the love um and a lot of the you know oh, are are you okay you know are right. you sure um you know make sure your mental health is good um and I mean, we we all need that sure. at the end of the day. That's for right? sure. We we all, um, if there's something we're seeing more and more in the world, that's we all need that. You know, uh, that hope and that you know, uh, just to be able to check in and have somebody give a crap and <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Even if you just. <clears throat> Showing that you give a crap, that's that's a huge, you know, a huge benefit for, for all of us, that's for sure. Yep. So now yeah. when you were at Walter Reed, is that when you, uh, did you guys, is that where, obviously you met a lot of different guys there. Um, did you partake in that music therapy stuff? Some. Uh, it was one of those things where uh, the first couple times, um <clears throat> So, uh, Musicor was the right, Musicor, like the music therapy group kind of, but it's not really music therapy in the normal sense. Okay. It's more of, um, if you want it, it's intensive music training. Okay. In basically whatever instrument and whatever style and hmm. genre that you want and um <clears throat> you know they they would find 
these great teachers and um and you don't really have a lot else going on so <laughs> you're occupies some you, good time right <laughs> yeah and um yeah i mean you're, you're talking like just sitting staring at the walls for 12 14 hours a day yeah and um like you are looking through things to watch on the hospital tv and it's like no i've seen all of this <laughs> because that's how much time i've spent here right it's like <laughs> the number of you know sleepless hours overnight you know infomercials and, oh yeah i bet you know check out this cool knife set and <laughs> and there's more and <laughs> like just you start watching things you don't even like just, <laughs> just for something it. different yeah, just for something new because you oh, you've yeah. seen everything that it's like oh i've gone through all the channels i like and i've seen all of those things ad nauseum right that's funny and um and then you take that and you like put a guitar in their hands or you know some instrument or you know yeah. give them like somebody to to work with and all of a sudden you know they're just like sitting there doing scales for hours yeah. and hours and hours and it's this almost you know at times it's this like lifeline this like almost obsessive like something yeah. to grab onto and right. just to to work on to learn to yeah. enjoy and um well i mean the the beautiful thing about music is there's something about it that you know outside language barriers outside culture outside whatever beliefs like just music evokes it digs deep into us and pulls out emotions and right. and you know all of this stuff that like all of a sudden something's like coming up and it's like where did that even come from <laughs> yeah that's for sure and and it's a really good way to connect with other people where normally just by meeting and talking to them you might not have that opportunity but because of music it, it kind of you know i don't know it's a it's another connection yep well and um where you know walking through the store or you know somewhere out somewhere random and see somebody like you know like there's you hear some like music going on and you see somebody kind of like grooving to it <laughs> and you were in your head you're kind of like oh yeah i'm enjoying this and then you see somebody else enjoying it, and there's this moment of connection right even just as simple as that yeah. of just we're both riding that same wave right you know we're both just enjoying this <laughs> um but it makes you feel exactly which is part of the well and that it seems so simple but at the same time like coming back from combat coming back from you know different things you're through your training through you know these different things you're 
taught to divorce yourself from your feelings. Mm -hmm. So you're not shutting down, you know, so you're not overwhelmed at the horror, you know, at the, just the terrible things, you know, that are happening that, you know, you're seeing that you're part of, you know, that are happening to you. And, um, to be, you know, part of the point, part of the training is, oh, all of that is to the side and you act, you, you move, you do what needs to be done. You help you, the training, you know, the, the action takes over Mm -hmm. and all of the feeling is put aside for, well, um, ideally for later processing, (laughs) right? But practically speaking, it usually just gets put in a box and put on a shelf and Mm -hmm. put away. And it's like, yeah, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to deal with that right now. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Like, that's just, that's all back there. Until that box falls off the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And, um, yeah, you know, you, you trip over your own shoelace and knock it off the shelf. (laughs) And then it's like, why, why am I losing it over a cup of like water? I spilled. Yeah. Um, but so much of, and that's, you know, like in the combat, uh, community in the military, that's part of why you see uh, the rage, the, you know, like the PTSD, yeah. the alcoholism, the substance abuse, the inability to feel like you're actually fitting back in yeah. to society um, in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And, we're taught how to go over, but we're not taught how to come back. Exactly. And we're brought back and I watched it with my guys and we're just let loose on the American populace. (laughs) And it's, it's a bunch of war machines who haven't had alcohol, who haven't had normal interactions with people who have been on edge for months. Right. And And how do you bring that down to return to normal life? Um how do you, you know, yeah, how do you express yourself besides you know barking orders mm-hmm. or you know accepting and fulfilling orders and shoving everything else down or expressing yourself in anger because, you know, it's like, Oh, well I popped and (laughs) you know, now we're here yeah, and it's not really my fault. (laughs) No, and it's not. I agree. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's not, but at the same time, like we can't, my personal feeling is we can't look to these institutions so often to t- 
take care of us in those ways, to inform us, to watch out for us. We have to do that for each other. Yeah. And we have to, we have to do that for ourselves in, you know, and realizing like, Oh, for example, even just self advocacy. Right. In the, in the veteran community, one of the worst things (laughs) ever, like, they're just like, it's just too much hassle and I don't want to be a big bitch about it. Excuse my French, but you know, I like, I, I don't, you know, want to be the whiner and this is such a pain in the ass anyway. And what's the freaking point? Like, screw this. Yeah. And I've been there myself with, you know, like a number of systems, a number of, you know, I get a letter from, and they're like, Oh, can you reaffirm that you're, you know, still disabled status? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think I regrew my legs guys. Yeah, so no <laughs> this seems like one of those things where like, you don't need to have me do 20 pages of paperwork to be like, yeah, I still got no legs. Yeah, I'm not an octopus. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I and um, but so for for this stuff that like that self advocating and taking that you know responsibility on ourselves. Right. Where yes, like for so much of the time we've received orders and we've you know uh, uh, just had to take what came down the line. Right. And that's what it feels like after you get out. It's like, oh, you just got to take what comes down the line. It's like, no, no. If you advocate for yourself, you're advocating for your brothers. Yeah. And there's so many opportunities to like reach out and advocate for our brothers and sisters who either can't or don't advocate for themselves. And they, they don't have a voice or they don't have the, the opportunity or the position um they don't know the right people whatever um but that's i mean that's part of our job you know that's we we have to take that responsibility on ourselves exactly um, well it's if you don't do it who's going to do it for you that's that's part of the reason you know we started the band Mm -hmm. it's part of the reason we you know like between watching you know the numbers of veterans killing themselves and then you know from there to first responders and just you know the, the the civilian population the across the board right like you have this precipitous rise in people taking their own lives and people just not seeing the point. Yeah. Losing hope and just giving it up. And so we have a we have a joke um which I'm not even sure I should say this. Oh, come on. We, we all like sick humor. We understand <laughs> it. We can, we can, we can cut this out. If need be. <laughs> no, so, but we'd say, uh, uh, 
suicide is always an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, there's... <laughs> and then there's the other one, which is uh, there's nothing that'll make you want to kill yourself more than a suicide briefing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at Walter Reed. We're already injured and they're like, you might be feeling depressed. You might be feeling really bummed out about your situation in life. Like, are you sure you're not thinking about killing yourself? <laughs> it's like, kind of now. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> if this briefing doesn't but, end soon. <laughs> but kind of like, you know, it's like I was pretty happy till – I had this mandatory meeting and now I'm bummed out. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. <laughs> but, but like at the reality of the situation, like, um, you know, they, they would have those things and it's like, Oh, suicide is never an option. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, no, actually it kind of is <laughs> like, it's, I mean, you can say it's not, but that doesn't suddenly take it off the table. You know, exactly. But like, it's not the preferred option that we want, but well, and it's kind of, it's, it's sort of stigmatizes it mm-hmm. in terms of it takes it and it's just like, don't even think about it. Don't even look at it. Not an option. Right. And it's like, I mean, just even just before I deployed while I was in country, um, having conversations with the other Marines, you know, and it's like, Oh, if I get, if I get more than one limb blown off, don't even bother saving me. Right. Basically. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do that. That's like, and you know, you're talking like people who are in some of the best shape of people across the board in the country, like, you know, warriors, people who they train physically all the time. These are combat Marines. Granted, not everybody is, but like for the most part across the board, you're talking like these are people who are in exceptionally good shape. Yeah. They, they run, they fight, they grapple, they, you know, um, climb and, all, you know, just every variation of movement, you have it. And, and you ha- you, you're used to doing it. You're, you, you're used to the movement of a strong and healthy body. Right. And so the thought of, you know, being confined to a chair or being crippled, um, the thought of being, you know, getting blown up and it's like, uh, you know, Oh, my traumatic brain injury. Well, it's like, I'm a small child, you know, forever. Or it's like, I'm, uh, you know, not able to process or communicate even properly forever. And like the, those are things you have to look at sure. because you're going into combat. You're, you're, you know, you're going into these situations and those and are real possibilities where most people. Yeah. And where most people it's like, Oh, some kind of 
random terrible sickness possibly could cause this, you know, or mm-hmm. like cause something like that, or maybe a, maybe a sports injury or a or like car wreck, like a freak sports injury or a car wreck. Yeah, that the car wreck would that's really the most likely, right? And but like in terms of like oh like just limbs gone and you know like just um the just the process of thinking that through and living with it and you know like oh could i you know is that something you know right i'm could i handle willing to take on and um yeah i mean uh there are guys who are just like no if i'm missing more than one just let me bleed out like don't even don't even bother saving me. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And you know, (laughs) I actually, uh, I had some of those guys coming to me and, you know, just feeling this horrible guilt Mm -hmm. that they ever even said that, like that conversation sticking in their minds beforehand. And then I got blown up (laughs) first one (laughs) and they were like, I'm so sorry I even said that. Like, you know, like, you know, it's obviously it's terrible, but, you know, obviously you should still stick around. Sure. Um, But really, you know, like when it comes down to it, what what's worth it? You know, like what's what's worth it to us? What's the base points of life? And. Um, for, I mean, for me, I, I just, God has always been a part of my life and, um, the series of events of my life have shown me, you know, to me, right. He gives a crap and like, (laughs) Like he's, you know, I'm, I'm here for a reason. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm not just a chance here. Yeah. You didn't, and you didn't just survive for no reason. Yeah. It's, it's, um, there's just a, a, a sense of, what is it? Hope. Yeah. And, you know, there's just. There's always like, what's, I mean, really, what's the point at the end of the day, suicide <laughs> is like, you're going to die anyway. It's, it's kind of like putting off an appointment, <laughs> like, you know, like, like it's going to happen. Right. Someday. What's the yeah. point of like, it's like going to the dentist early, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, I mean, there's so much possibility, right? There's so much like where we are in the moment. It really doesn't mean that much. Well, and you look at how your life has changed, right? Since, uh, you know, before uh, you were injured, um, everything that you went through, but look at where you're at now as a person and what you're doing. It's a completely different life path Yeah, that um, I mean who would ever say it's like okay how about this 
we're going to train you as a Marine, <laughs> you know, like you're going to get blown up. And then less than a year later, the stage. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <hold on. laughs> but, um, the, the, the places we find ourselves, you know, the, the opportunities, especially if we're, if we're looking for it, if we're, if we're wanting to make a difference right, and trying to reach out and trying to do something significant and good with our lives, we'll find something. Exactly. It's, and that's the, because on the one hand, where you are in the moment, that, that dark spiraling, you know, place of just like, Oh, I can't see any light right. and everything feels dark. And just, I, I, I screw it. Like this is the worst. Yeah. There's I'm no the hope. worst. And all of this is the worst. And you're just, going round and round in that, that loop. And it feels like it's never going to end, but it's just a moment. Right. And it's just, it's just a perspective of the moment. It's just a facet. Then you can look at, just take a moment and look at another moment where it's like pure love and joy and hope. Right. And it's like something that just gave you, yeah, it was like sun sunbeam coming down through the clouds. <laughs> you know, just moment of like gives you hope for humanity, for yourself, for everything. Right. All of a sudden there's light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes we just need a kick in the ass and yeah. a reminder that that's that that's there. You right. know, that, that we're that we're not alone. Yeah. Because so much of it is comes down to it's feeling cut off and feeling by yourself and mm -hmm. you have nobody to connect to, to relate to. That's what so many vets feel when they get out of the military. Right. They were a, a part of this thing. And then it's like, Oh, I'm cut adrift. And yeah, you know, I don't really, you're out at sea all by yourself now having that having that connection having that community reaching out to you know instead of just you know oh i can do this by myself and i can mm -hmm. go it alone and we're not we're not meant to go it alone no we're not none of us are built to weather the storms the inevitable storms yeah that life brings like it doesn't matter who you are you can do it alone to... for a little bit, but at some point you, you need that connection. Yep. Yeah. And because uh, whoever you are, you're, it doesn't matter what life situation you're in. Yeah. You're going to hit a point where you can't take it by yourself, where you're in over your head. And it's just, there needs to be more than just, ourselves to rely on right it's 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 a need for connection and i mean 
the beautiful thing is it's through my time at the hospital it it really did show me that, that when you're disconnected from yourself you disconnect from other people it's just a i mean yeah you you just close in right you close up and shut in on yourself and um but finding and having that connection to yourself that you know that ability to to feel and to go through the range of emotions it it's connected to other people mm-hmm. like to experience the full range of emotions there needs to be somebody else there right to be it's 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 a part of the it's a part of how we're made it's just what we are and um <laughs> the so much of the accepted norm for leaving Walter Reed for leaving the military it's just like oh I'm gonna just you know like move out to the middle of nowhere right. <laughs> you know like it's like yep I, I live on our ranch now and uh, I don't you know like I don't see anything <laughs> you know have, have <laughs> social media or anything anymore and like yep I just I just live out here and it's just this like um, closed off thing and uh i think we're seeing you know uh an epidemic of loneliness and of people feeling alone even though we're supposed to be more connected than we've ever been we're supposed to you know between oh social media pick pick your poison you got a bunch to choose from um platforms to you know uh, but is that really a, and do a, different things on is that really a true connection though you know well that's and that's just it it's it's supposed to be yeah and it has come to replace so much of what we consider normal interaction yeah the the number of times my my wife and I will, will make note of this, but we'll be out at dinner, and we'll just be hanging out talking, and we'll just look around and like the number of people who are just on their phones, sitting at the same table, right? But they're both on their phones, yeah. and really, what it comes down to is often you see it's 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 a battle of wills, and. So whoever gives in first <laughs> then chooses how long they're both not going to be on their phones. Right. So if you're, you know, they're sitting there talking and then whoever like pulls their phone out and starts checking it first or replying to whatever. And it's like, I get it. There's situations, stuff can't wait or whatever. But for the most part, for most of us, 95% of the time, it can wait. Yep. It can wait till after dinner. It can exactly. wait till you finished your conversation. And it can wait right. till because that social you know, media, you all, all that stuff on social media doesn't replace what a good conversation can do. You know that that 
being in the same moment with somebody else and, and talking about something, you know, that's a connection. And the part of the connection is two things. Being willing to be open. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be at least a little open to connect. <laughs> right. And have that conversation. And then you have to be willing to share. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that means you're going to, those two things, you're you're going to come to things while you're different people. So you're going to come to topics and points where you don't agree. Right. And that's okay. It's just a natural progression. <laughs> right. And so then you're going to talk about those things yeah. and you're going to have a normal cogent, real discussion yeah. about what you think and feel about it and, you know, your opinions and perspectives and theirs. And maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll just get a bit of a different perspective. Oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. But as soon as you see that first person give in and pull their phone out, then it's, then it's, you know, even if it's a group, yeah. you know, then it like spreads. Right. And it's like, Oh, and there it's it like goes. a virus. <laughs> it's, uh, but, um, I mean, for me, I, I was so closed off for so long. Um, I just, uh, I had the hardest time, I mean, early on, even like I, I, I couldn't even listen to like some of the music I liked hmm. because it was like, oh, I used to play guitar to that song and help with my right arm. So it is, that's not happening. Right. Or, uh, you know, oh, like I used to, I mean, so I, I, I yeah, uh, used to really enjoy dancing. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, I actually used to, I taught for a while. Wow! Um, ballroom, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the waltz and swing and tango and merengue. Um, yeah, so I, I can see how that even listening to that music, or you know, the music that you enjoyed, or it would bring back good memories but also bad memories at the same time right yeah oh sorry about that um yeah all of a sudden it's memories of you know just yeah free movement and uh being able to play the guitar just naturally how it came to me Mm -hmm. um and uh you know yeah um took those things and all of a sudden it was just like, it's never happening again. You know? <laughs> so how did you get it's past like that? Because never, ever again. <laughs> how did you overcome that? Because obviously now, I mean, you're in the band, you're, you're the lead singer. Um, <laughs> you guys are on stage. You guys have had some pretty amazing times, you know? Um, it's, uh, it came it came kind of slowly but uh the it was i'll say honestly this is it's a situation where i got to give god the credit because 
Musicor, the guys from Musicor, the first couple times, they approached me. They were like, oh, I heard you used to play guitar. And I was like, get away from me. <laughs> like, go away. Does it look like I'm going to play the guitar? <laughs> like, my arms all, you know, I couldn't even move my hand. Yeah. At that point, like, and I've got, I mean, you know, you can see it's like all atrophied and, and I've got like some basic, you know, a little bit of hand movement, but, um, at that point I didn't even have that. It was just this limp thing right? that I had no use for. And, um, yeah, I was just like, no, no, go away. I'm not doing this. Like, um, after a while, there's just this this voice, you know, this just kind of this nagging in the back of my head. It's like, go check it out. <laughs> go, go, yeah. you know, go see what's up. It'll be good for you. Go, go. I mean, because if I'd never done that, we yeah. wouldn't be here. You right. know, Life like would be a I, lot different. You know, the band, the band wouldn't be a thing and things would be very different yeah um but uh vini vidi vici um i uh i went and i saw what they had going on and um i just started kind of dipping the proverbial toe yeah and uh changed your life uh initially nathan and i talk about this because he was he was a, a music core guy and um so we knew each other for like like a couple of years we knew each other right but we didn't really we'd like see each other like at the you know when we were working out at the gym or like working on our prosthetics and kind of like hey what's up you know like <laughs> like you know do a little workout together or right. something um or uh, we'd have like something for music core and it'd be like, oh, we're going to practice this thing or whatever. And um, so, and the practices are pretty intensive. So it'd be, you know, a couple hours or something um, for literally like two songs. <laughs> and um, we would show up. Hey, how's it going, man? And then you sit there, you practice. When you're done practice, I go, all right, good to see you again, man. Yeah. Later. Good Take work it today. easy. <laughs> and then you go back to your room and you don't talk to anybody or like do anything else. Like yeah. it's just like that used up all of my social energy, all of my, <laughs> like I have nothing left to give right now. And so it was this situation of just barely talking, barely knowing each other. But you know, slowly kind of just, you know, letting, letting time right. and the music do its work and just wear us down to, you know, it's like, it just, you have to, you got all those, all those emotions packed away in boxes, you know? And it's like, you know, you hit a point and it's like, I don't know if I know how to properly deal with emotion. Like I should be, really really sad right now but i'm kind of just numb or you know just sort of a little you know i just feel a little, it's like oh, i'm sad but it should be a lot more sad 
and that's not wrong you know that's right it's just the latency like you're just not fully feeling it and there were points where um i was you know kind of like oh like is there my like a little screwy a little messed up because like i not feeling the way i should be you know like i'm not i don't have that like depth and complexity of emotion right now and um over time there just have to be points it might be you know one point where it's just you know it just needs to be dealt with like it just you just gotta (laughs) let it out you gotta let it out somehow um and it might come out and you know you might need to let it out in phases, you know, like, cause there's times where I'd have, you know, I just need to let out the fury. Right. And then once I'm through that, then I can just kind of like break down and, you know, let all the leaky stuff out (laughs) (laughs) and just, you know, um, but it's not, you know, it's not weak to feel it's not, and it's not no it's because you're feeling deeply doesn't mean it's like oh it's it's hitting me hard so i'm weak like no you're feeling it deeply you're feeling it strongly exactly it's it's a strength but you have to you have to let it work for you you have you can't you can't uh restrict and close those things up without consequences eventually you need to you need to let that process happen because that's where you're going to heal yeah yeah i agree so your band how many people are in your band so we are five members okay um and three of us are uh injured vets right uh amputees um two so uh I, uh, Corporal Marine Corps, um, and, uh, our drummer, also a corporal in the Marine Corps, Juan Dominguez. And, uh, then Nathan, who I mentioned earlier, uh, Army, and, um, he was a, a specialist in the Army when uh, he got out. And, um, Nathan is a single amputee, um, his right leg and so then i'm a double amputee and then dom one uh, he's a, a triple amputee yeah and he plays drums and <laughs> yes he does and um should definitely check you know if if uh whoever's listening you know like check him out on instagram or whatever but i mean the man has one arm and he drums like a crazy person yeah. so um uh yeah it's it's pretty wild but uh and so we all we all met through <clears throat> kind of through walter reed and after our injuries and um then our two other members are uh nathan's younger brother is our bass player uh eric and um just uh you know i mean well so he didn't serve, but he uh, was right there alongside Nathan for right. everything he was going through and, you know, through his recovery. Um, 
and it's cool talking to him you know i've gotten some insights and perspectives even on you know like what what my brothers sure must you know yeah going through in in their own way and stuff mm -hmm. i hadn't considered it, yeah right um and uh you know made me appreciate them in a in a deeper way for mm -hmm. for how much uh love and support they've shown me um and then uh lastly we have greg loman who is uh he was um a teacher with the music core music program at walter reed and mm -hmm. uh that's he teaching guitar and uh, a couple other things and um also you know just helping with the program and right um but uh you know spending all kinds of hours with different guys and um teaching and rehearsing with us and uh just a super super talented guy and um, big heart you guys have three songs out right now that are out yep um so as of right now we have three singles out okay and what's um, coming up so we're gonna be releasing an album um this year we're gonna be releasing it um in singles and pairs as the year is going on we'll be um every probably every few weeks to a month we'll be releasing something new okay and um yeah lots of lots of i mean definitely um a new step and uh like a whole nother level for the band so it's it's cool to see and where's the best place for people to listen to your music um yeah so apple music spotify okay. um itunes youtube um, you can find a lot of our different videos from shows uh and different stuff on youtube yeah but then also um we have different lives and different videos from shows on our socials like uh facebook and instagram okay and um <clears throat> then uh we also have a patreon with you know like behind the scenes stuff and you know kind of like our process and yeah. a bunch of the like kind of our weird and wacky world <laughs> <laughs> and also on your website theresilientband.com yes sir um uh all of our links and stuff can be found through that and been a process but we're actually we're in the uh, we're in the process of, of uh getting a nonprofit set up called the reborn project okay and um uh basically you know to we're we're trying to address you know um the the crisis of veterans who um aren't getting the support they need right. in a lot of different ways and um starting there but uh you know trying to inject a little little hope and love <laughs> into our world and um you know show show people you know there's 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 more to it yeah you know there's there's more to offer it's it's not all that bad well, Tim, thanks a lot for uh, being part of our show today. 
Uh, you're you're very interesting. I've really enjoyed talking to you. You've got a crazy story from your growing up in the Middle East to being in the Middle East and working through your injury, and now with with the band, you you guys have uh, got some real good music going on. And I'm looking forward to hearing what's going to be released over this new year here that we're in. Um, and I, I wanted to also remind our listeners, uh, you know, if you're a first responder of any type, uh, you're a military or veteran, uh, if you're going or, or families of those same people too, uh, we are here for you 24 seven. If you're going through uh, some of those tough times that like Tim and I were just talking about, um, you can reach out to somebody um, that connection is strong. We're here for you. You can reach us 24-7 uh, at 855-889-2348. If you um, hit extension 1, we do not even have your phone number. Uh, we want it to be anonymous so you feel that it's a safe place because it is. We don't need to know your name, who you work for, where you're at, anything. But if you want some, you want to talk to somebody, get some help, we can we can do that for you. If you hit extension one, stay on the line. It will ring to the next stress coach that's available. So it may take several rings because it bounces around. Um, but you will get somebody. If you want to speak to Susan directly, you can um, hit extension two. That will go to her. Um, most likely that will go to voicemail, though. You can also reach her on her cell phone at 334-324-3570. Um, she would tell you if the sun is up, text her. If the sun's down, you can call. Um, she will return your phone calls if, if it does go to voicemail, but she can also respond to your text messages even if she's with another client. So um, that's the best way to reach Susan. If you hit extension 3, you'll get our counterpart David Cohen down in Alabama. Or you can reach me at extension 4 or by my cell phone at 480-861-6574. But again, uh, there's somebody here that you can talk to. We can put you in touch with someone that is in your same situation. Um, and, and that's easiest uh, for you to feel more comfortable. You don't have to explain all your background and your nitty-gritty stuff. You know, a SWAT operator can understand what a SWAT operator goes through. Uh, those types of things. So um, family, we're here for you. Um, you guys have a, a whole nother process of dealing with um, letting your loved ones go to work, go to war, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you don't always know where to reach out for help. We have stress coaches that have lived your life. So please reach out to us. Um, God bless you. God bless this country and this great nation. And uh, again, Tim, thanks for being on the show today. And thank you, everybody. Go check out the resilientband.com. Uh, have some great music by some great vets. Um, it's uh, been a pleasure meeting and speaking with you today. Um, listeners, come back next week and. We'll see who we're going to be talking to then because I don't have a clue right now. <laughs> so thanks again for joining us and have a blessed day.